are you good people this is Dwayne so glad to be with you 525,600 minutes in a year 365 days 168 hours in our weeks how are you faring out there this time is ticking away slowly but surely but so very excited to be in the number one more time I want to thank you for choosing to subscribe to this podcast I also would like to thank my sponsors thank you so very much it is greatly appreciated so here we are good people you and me all of us around the world but really how are you I want to ask how you're doing. If nobody told you today, you matter. You are amazingly made. You are a gift. And so is this day. So is this time. This very moment. All that we are experiencing as humans. The human race. So many things that we could possibly talk about. So much going on in the world. Leadership is so important. There's a... mm, There's a couple of podcasts that I've done. Specifically about ideology and philosophy. And what those two things are. I won't take up much of your time when it comes to those two things, but when you can, look up those two words, ideology and philosophy, and see what they bring you. I want to challenge your mind. I want to start off this podcast by wishing everyone around the world safety and protection. Now, I know that this thing that has come upon us is devastating. There is really uh, nothing that we can do. I've heard so many people talk about precautions that we can take. And that's what we can do. We can take precautions, but no one knows whom is carrying it or not, right? Because we don't have the proper testing for uh, what has hit the world in general. But there's something about leadership that goes a long way. I'm reminded of a story. And the story goes, you know, usually when you're on an airplane, you can kind of gauge how things are going by the reaction of the pilot's voice. And by the reaction of the flight attendants and what they say is, ladies and gentlemen, we will be experiencing a little bit of turbulence. Please fasten your seatbelts as we go through this rough patch. Now, calm voice. Nothing to be worried about. They know how to handle the situation. Now, on the other hand, If they say, ladies and gentlemen, oh my goodness, I don't know what we do. Everybody better put your head in between your legs right now. We're going down, we're going down, we're going down. I mean, then you know you're in trouble. 
So, leadership is important. That's just one story that I could share with you. I want to share something that I found. The Preamble Project. Uh, this was said by President Franklin D. Roosevelt, January 6, 1941. And it reads as such. In the future days which we seek to make secure, we look forward to a world founded upon four essential human freedoms. The first is the freedom of speech and expression everywhere in the world. The second is freedom of every person to worship God in his own way everywhere in the world. The third is freedom from want, which translated into world terms means economic understandings which will secure to every nation a healthy peacetime life for its inhabitants everywhere in the world. The fourth is freedom from fear, which translated into world terms means a worldwide reduction of armaments to such a point and in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in position to commit an act of physical aggression against any neighbor anywhere in the world. That is no vision of distant millennium. It is a definite basis for a kind of world attainable in our own time and generation. Pretty deep, huh? 1941. So much that can be said. This was a great leader that we did have. And uh, he tried to be very optimistic <laughs> about uh, certain things here. Freedom of speech, freedom to worship, freedom from want, freedom from fear. And how are we going to handle all that is given to us right now? Yes, you have freedom of speech. You can express whatever you want, however you want to express it. But please tell the truth. I'm not pointing any fingers. All I'm saying is tell the truth. I remember as a young boy, I was always held to a very high standard about telling the truth. You know, my mother would go so far as to put soap in my mouth in certain situations. Let's say, for instance, I heard a curse word and I actually repeated it. Oh boy, was I in trouble. Let's say, for instance, I lied about something. Oh boy, was I in trouble. I was held accountable, even as a very, very young boy, um, to tell the truth freedom of speech, but tell the truth. The second is freedom of every person to worship the God, the creator, whomever you believe in. The one thing about crisis is that um, I don't care who you pray to or believe in. When crisis hits, you find yourself on your knees. When crisis hits, you find yourself on your knees. You find yourself in meditation mode. You find yourself praying five times a day. You find yourself praying, seeking, in devotion 
you find yourself asking for answers, for protection, for your family, for your friends, for your job security, for economic stability. I don't care who you are around the world. People can say that they're atheists, they don't believe in anything. But when crisis hits, I can guarantee, almost, <laughs> but guarantee you that you are asking for protection. Now, I, again, was raised in the church I was, and, you know, it's a part of my story. And I know that my people come from devastating circumstances. And yes, religion was forced on them. Yes, they were told about a God that they knew nothing of. Yes, it was forced upon them. But in the belief that they had to adopt, because they had to adopt it, they had to. Something came out of that. A strength that I can only imagine purpose was found in it. Stories, Bible stories that were taken and used for good that was otherwise used for, uh, I would say, evil against them. And I won't get too deep on that. But again, let's get back to these two words, ideology and philosophy. You have to be careful about whom you follow. And you have to listen to their ideologies. And you have to listen to their philosophies. Anyway, I don't want to get off track. <laughs> but I want to challenge you. So I talked about the freedom of speech, the freedom to worship whomever you want to worship. The third that he talked about was a freedom from want, which translated into world terms means economic understanding, which will secure to every nation a healthy peacetime life for its inhabitants everywhere in the world. Now, we are going to be hit. We know that. Things are being shut down. People are asking questions. Why? Well, it's for our own good. Now, we are going to have a hit, myself included. Myself included. Um, I've made some mistakes on my journey, which have halted some things, uh, some friendships, uh, some work opportunities, I believe. I will say this, don't make a permanent decision over a temporary circumstance. Don't do it. I'm not saying that I ever made a permanent decision. I will say that sometimes I stood up for myself. Well, I probably could have just let things be. But when you're 26 years old and you think you know everything, sometimes you just make mistakes. Or even when you're 36. But when you're 46, you learn in between those 20 years. Anyway, enough said. We're all going to be experiencing a little bit of a hit economically. But what are we going to do? How do we pick ourselves up in this time? When he says the freedom from want. Now, the stock market has taken a big dive uh, under the exact year. But then I believe it was the 80s that this was the uh, a drop that happened this way. This is the biggest drop since like the 80s, I believe. So that means schools are closed. That means some parents have to stay home. That means that, you know, they cancel the NCAA tournament, which 
generates millions and millions of dollars to these universities. The NBA has been canceled. The NHL has been canceled. Broadway is dark. Many of my friends and associates and <laughs> I was going to say the other word. I'll even say it. Um, and I don't want to say it. No, I'm not going to say it. Friends and associates. The one thing about this life is that everybody's not going to like you. There are 9 billion people in the world. And as much as I want everybody to like me, I know some people just aren't. Now, take that for what it is. Again, I hold nothing against anyone. I've made my mistakes and I own up to them. And if you happen to be a person that I offended in any way over the years, I do sincerely apologize to you and pray that one day you might be able to open up your heart and forgive as I'm working through things as well. But the economic hit that we're all going to take is going to be a big one. Now, listen, as an actor in New York City, I live in New Jersey, but um, I've been privileged to do Broadway shows and some little film and TV here and there commercial work, uh, voiceovers, and my life has been blessed. I'm not going to complain. But the theater, I don't believe ever since I've been doing it for 26 years around the world, has never really been dark for a month. Now, for some shows, for those of you who don't know, uh, some shows are going to be affected. Um, some shows probably will not come back. Uh, my desire is that all of them come back so that all of uh, the actors can get back to doing what they do well and also be able to actually make some money again, right? Because when we don't work, we do not get paid. Now, I know they're trying to set some things up uh, with the government to uh, assist uh, all the entertainers who are going to have a big hit. But understand, you can go from making $5,000 a week, which I've never made <laughs> on a Broadway show. Well, let's just say, for instance, uh, take that big number. Uh, you can go from making $5,000 a week to then unemployment, which is like four twenty-five in New York City. It's a big, big economic hit. And some people won't see that money for two weeks. You know, um, so if your rent in New York City is, you know, three, four thousand a month, you know, it's it's a big hit. Um, here in Jersey, I have a house, so I have the house, I have property taxes, I have insurance that I'm paying through the market because when you don't have a Broadway show, you don't have insurance. You have to have a certain amount of weeks to actually be insured. So we take little gigs here and there um, that don't pay as much so that prayerfully we can have 10 weeks to get six weeks, I believe it is. And when you get 20 weeks, then you get a year of coverage. And um, for actors, it's it's pretty, pretty tough. And then when you talk about SAG and after, that's a whole nother beast. You have to make a certain amount of money in order to be covered for the entire year. So a lot of us are, um, are grateful when we get our jobs. I don't think there's an actor alive who gets a job and is not grateful. Okay, let's just say that from the door. Um, now, do we go through things? Yes. Do we have to experience certain things when we're in the theater? Yes, unfortunately. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about my fellow actors because a lot of people don't understand really what they go through. Um, lots of times when you book a show, you go in for the initial audition, they like you, you get a call back, you have to have a dance call back, and then you have to have five to six other callbacks sometimes. A lot of money spent going back and forth to these auditions. Some people live in Brooklyn, some people live in Jersey, some people are in Spanish Harlem, some people are in the Heights, right? 
You have all this time that you invested and then you book the show and then you get in the show and you got to deal with all this stuff. And people don't even know the stuff you got to deal with, the energies you have to deal with before you have to go out to actually try to be a blessing to people to take their mind off of things. I can only talk about what I do, but I know that this economic hit is going to hurt a lot of people, right? To all of my fellow actors, um, friends and associates, I wish you well in this time. I hope that your voice can get some rest and your body can get some rest, but I hope that you might challenge your mind to tap into something different, to tap into the other talents that you have and um, be able to uh, generate some income with the other gifts that you've been given. Now, the teachers are going to be hit very, very hard. They don't get paid a lot of money. They don't. Let's just face it. We pay $150 million to a baseball player, which I respect because he's an athlete, and $120 million to a basketball player, and $23 million a year to a basketball player. Totally get it, and they're worth it, you know? Their athletic prowess is, uh, you know, it's, it's one in a million, right? Literally. Teachers are underrated, unfortunately, and this is going to affect uh, a lot of teachers, especially here in Essex County, New York City. Uh, so if you're making fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year and the school has to be closed for a month, you know, I mean, what do you do? You know, you know, uh, I don't know if they're going to be paid or not. I have no idea. Uh, I know that there are a lot of families that are going to be affected. I know that some children are going to be affected because a lot of them, that's where they get their meals. I believe I heard a number. I don't want to say it incorrectly, but I think I heard a number of uh, out of the 55 million children that are in schools, 30 million of them actually depend on some type of meal, breakfast or lunch uh, for school uh, because of their economic situation economics man it makes me sad it makes me sad that there's anyone in this country whom is hungry there's anyone in this country with the billions of dollars that float around every day that we have people whom are starving people whom are homeless people whom are depending upon a meal in a school and even as I sit here there are people and very, very powerful positions who are even going to, in this time of crises, national crisis, international crisis, take away food stamps from people who need them. I just don't get it. People talk about Christ. People talk about Christianity. People talk about evangelicals. And I just don't get it. Will I get in trouble for saying this? I don't know. Evangelicals, I challenge you. I don't know what type of God you serve. It confuses me. It confuses me. I heard someone say that if Jesus was alive now, <laughs> we'd have to teach him about church. We'd have to teach him uh about ushers we'd have to teach him about the praise team we'd have to teach him about uh, the offering and all these other things that we do in church but there's something about uh, this Christ mindset so to speak 
Now, I'm not going to preach because I'm not a preacher, even though I went to seminary for three years. But there's something about it. And one of the first sermons that uh, he preached, one of the first things that he actually talked about was the kingdom. The kingdom, kingdom mindset. And I've talked in podcasts about the kingdom mindset and what that means. And, and so when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I heard someone describe that. And his mission was to bring heaven on earth. And there's so many people who profess to be evangelicals and I'm a man of God, I'm a woman of God, and I want to pray over you. I don't understand. How can you see people in cages and think it's okay? How can you see people hungry and think that it's okay? How can we turn the blind eye to those whom are suffering? Evangelicals are to care for the poor, for women and children, for those whom are hungry and suffering. That is the definition of evangelical. Not to go along with and get in line with what is so-called popular at the time. I mean, This is why so many young people are turning away from organized religion because it seems to be a bit contradictory. It seems to be a bit, uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, hypocritical? <laughs> and again, I don't want to preach. And this is not a political or a religious podcast. It's not. But understand, in times like this, you know, I see people who say they don't believe in anything and I and I hear them praying. Sometimes I get phone calls from people, sometimes I get messages from people and I'm doing this whole Instagram and and uh, Twitter situation trying to work it out and a lot of people are, you know, responding to some of the things I'm trying to put out into the world. Because people are suffering and they're looking to leadership for comfort. They're looking to leadership to actually speak the truth. And um, T.D. Jakes and a bunch of people talk about put your trust in no man, but put your trust in the creator. And I believe that. Whom can we really trust? Now, I sit and I watch CNN and I hear all the scientists and the doctors talk about this thing that is running rampant all over the world and what precautions we should take and economically what we should do and how things are just going to be changed. And some of these people are very bright. They know what they're talking about. We have to be careful. When it comes to hmm, ideology and philosophy, we actually follow again. I don't want to get off track of people. I just want to try to encourage you through this time because this time is going to be very tough for all of us. 
My daughter's dance teacher said, we just opened up the studio, we may have to close it. How am I gonna sustain it? You know, and I looked at her and I said, you know, we're all gonna suffer a bit. She said, yeah, I know, but how am I gonna pay my bills? And I said the same thing. I said, you know, I could say the same thing. You know, there are a lot of people, a lot of people who are less fortunate than you and I, but we'll, we will get through this. We will get through this. As a nation, as a world, we, we, we will get through this and we have to take care of one another. This forces you to reach out to your fellow neighbor. I just want to say this, you know, there's a lot of hoarding going on and I understand that when you go to supermarket, you want to get everything for your family. Totally get it. But you know, let's, let's be courteous to one another. Let's kind of work this thing out a little bit. You know, let's not fight and do all that and buy into the mass hysteria that we can't control ourselves and save some toilet paper for somebody else. <laughs> save some Purell for somebody else and, you know, don't do this price gouging thing and let's just be civil and make it through this crisis. Because again, we're tough. We'll get through it. Now, for some of you who have family members who are going through, who may uh, get affected by this, I pray my family doesn't. I don't know if I will or not. Uh, but I have to remain optimistic about this thing. And I know that the death toll is very, very high in uh, Italy and other places and the death toll is rising here in our country but I do pray for protection for all of you I do and I'm not ashamed to say that I speak healing over all of you and your family members that even if they are affected by this that they will come out on the other side better stronger we have to look out for one another. Again, economically, I know we're going to take a hit. Spiritually, I know we're going to take a hit, but we have to remain strong and vigilant, right? And listen to the correct people. Or listen to the scientists and the doctors who are telling us what to do. And prayerfully, they will get up uh, these testing stations um, the way they are in Australia and other places. And I've never met Tom Hanks. I've never met his wife, but my heart does go out to those people. My heart goes out to uh, Justin Trudeau and his wife who came down with it. And many of the other families that we just don't know about whom have been affected uh, here close to me. There are, uh, Governor Phil Murphy said there were four, more, four or five more people today whom tested positive. And... Um, I hope that those people, whom I don't know, whom we don't know, actually come out okay as well. I'm sad, but I'm optimistic. Did I get off on a tangent? I think I did. The fourth freedom is freedom from fear, which translated into the world terms means a worldwide reduction of armaments to such a point and in such thorough fashion that no nation in a position to commit an act of physical aggression against any neighbor 
anywhere in the world. Now, this was a hope that Franklin D. Roosevelt, January 6, 1941, wrote about the preamble project. And he said it is possible for all of us to achieve all of these things. There was no vision of a distant millennium, right? Which means it could have happened then. It is definite basis for a kind of world attainable in our own time and generation. It is attainable. It is attainable. It is attainable. But do we really want it? Oh, Lord. Have mercy on all of us. Now, there is no universal moral code, which I learned in seminary. There is no universal moral code when it comes to many, many things uh, on this journey. I'm never trying to preach to anyone on there. I'm only trying to open up your mind to certain situations. And this is something that none of us were prepared for. Now, we can say it came from here and it did this and it did that and close our borders and do all these other things, but it is here and we do have to deal with it here. And the medical professionals will do the best that they can to try to help out all those who are affected by it. There is a new gentleman who is appointed over the CDC, I believe, who was questioned today. And there was, uh, I wish I could remember her name right now when I can't, but shout out to uh, one of the bravest women I've heard actually question uh, this gentleman and ask about a clause that was uh, in uh In his job description that gave him the power to basically say that every person who gets affected can actually get tested. Uh, And if you were found to actually um, come down with the virus, that uh, it will be taken care of. Now, will they follow through with that or not? I don't know. I'm sure it's viral. It's on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, Facebook everywhere. I'm more than sure the exchange has gone viral. I'm no politician. I'm I'm no religious expert. Um, I'm a flawed man. I read something the other day that basically I guess I can refer to myself as a wounded healer. hope to bring some type of peace and healing through this podcast to people no matter where they are listening in the world know that you matter know that you are exceptional know that there is no one like you and through this time of crises you can reach out to family members and friends and talk about some of the issues there are going to be a lot of students who are home from school Um, What are we going to do? Are we going to have conversations with our kids, honest conversations about what's going on, what's happening? Might be a bonding time. Uh, Might be a time, uh, maybe you FaceTime somebody you haven't seen in a long time just to check up on them. Friend, how you doing? I miss you. I love you. I haven't seen you in a while. Just want to make sure you're still on the number, right? So let's use this time um, 
to try to uplift one another, to try to make each other stronger, to bring out or help to bring out some of the hidden gifts that are in uh, other people during this uh, economic turn. Maybe some of you will find gifts that you had buried away for a very long time. I hope that this podcast can actually bring a healing. I do. Uh, This is something I had turned away from for many years. Uh, I believe that uh, we're all gifted and I don't apologize for my gifts. I believe that we all owe the world something. Miles Monroe says, you owe me, you owe me, you owe the universe what you're carrying. And all of you are carrying something amazing. Some gift, some word, some thought, some song, some book. There's something inside of you that's still waiting to be released. And that's from the youngest person to the oldest person living. And if you happen to be listening to this and you're a person over 50, 60, 70 years old, I think you should write your book. We need to hear from you. We need to hear about your experiences. We need to know what to do in times of crises. We can't always depend on our leaders to give us the correct words or the right words or to be honest. So some of the stories that you have can help people to really overcome during an economic downturn like this. You have a story to tell and we need to hear it. I encourage all of you to dig deep in your souls. To bring forth to the world that beautiful thing that's just lying dormant. Wake it up. Shake that thing up. Dust it off. Bring it out to the world. I will attempt to bring you some amazing interviews during this time. A lot of my friends and associates are off. Uh, for the month and I'm hoping I can do some phone interviews with people because I know we have to keep our distance so prayerfully there will be some Tony winners and some uh, Oscar nominated people and winners and I know a couple of people (laughs) and I hope that these people can encourage your soul and give you a good word maybe even bring you a song who knows But I'm grateful, I'm thankful. I want to thank you for really choosing to subscribe to this podcast. And maybe what you can do is give this as a gift to someone. It's just $5. And I have a lot of content on here. And um, my goal is to prayerfully be a healing to someone somewhere around the world. So if you have a friend in Dubai, if you have a friend in Australia, if you have a family member whom happened to be in a facility recovering from something, send this to them. If you can, maybe make a recording of it somehow and send it to them or just something in the podcast in general. But I bid all of you peace, love, joy, grace, safety. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. And I will say this, if we cannot look to our leaders, then we have to become leaders. Each and every one of us have to become leaders and we have to become leaders in our own households and managers in our own households. Manage these systems. And this is another system now that has come in. And now the system is that for the next week, two weeks, month, whatever it is, we we have to adjust to the system. 
and the system is now going to be that some of our children may be home for a week, two weeks, a month, who knows? Uh, the system of taking care of your health a little bit better, exercising more. And if you happen again to be affected by this, I only pray that you come out of this on the other side stronger and not the alternative. Okay, good people. I'll bring you another podcast probably tonight. I probably won't sleep. But I had to get this off my chest and I hope that this encourages someone out there. To all of Broadway, if you happen to hear this, you are a bright, beautiful beacon of light and ray of sunshine that blesses people all over the world. Whether you've been in Phantom, Hamilton, Beetlejuice, Porgy and Bess, or any new musical that is out now, Six, who is supposed to open tonight, you bring people comfort. And right now you need to be comforted because some of your livelihood has been taken away from you for a little while. Just be encouraged. Know that you are incredibly gifted and the time will come again when your star will shine brightly and it still is, believe it or not. You're wonderfully made. Don't be discouraged. Maybe this is your time to write that book you always wanted to write. Maybe this is your time to be a mentor to someone in some way, shape or form. But there's a brighter day coming, right? We cannot do great things on this earth. We can only do what we can. <laughs> good people. I will talk to you a little later.